Hello, my name is Natalie Savelle. Welcome to the Stepmom Strong Podcast. This show is for stepmamas or anyone dating a parent, really, all about how to navigate the challenges that come up in this complicated and often underestimated role. I'll be bringing you tips, tricks, validation, and support so that you know that you don't have to feel alone in this role and there are ways to make things a little less overwhelming. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. This is another publication of an interview from my virtual interview series. This is with Lori Sims. She's so great, everyone. You're going to love it. I'm pretty sure a lot of you. Uh, This will be really helpful for you on your step-momming journey. Um, So in this interview, we talk a lot about disengaging and the power in that and how sometimes that is the best and most loving and healthy solution for everyone involved. And Lori talks about how it really saved her and her marriage. Um, And I'm really excited to promote her podcast, um, the Nacho Kids podcast, which you can find at nachokids.com. Be sure to check it out if you've been listening to this one. It has a lot of helpful information about blended families. Her and her husband, David, will be uh, promoting that, and they, they do it together. So you'll hear from both of them, her and her husband, and how they've worked this disengagement method and how they blend successfully Um, over the years and all the things that they've learned and the challenges they've been through. They are super great. It's so great to get their perspective. They're super loving and wise and insightful. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check out the Nacho Kids podcast at nachokids.com and I will see you on the flip side. Hope everyone's having a wonderful day. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the virtual interview series, Empowering Stepmoms, Reimagining the Modern Family. I'm your host, Natalie Savell of Stepmom Strong Coaching. I help stepmoms go from overwhelm, resentment, confusion, and stress to confidence, clarity, and connection. And I'm so excited today to be bringing you Lori Sims. She is a stepmom helper of all kinds. She... Um, So she started nachokids.org, which is this incredible movement, really. Um, And the whole idea is to educate and empower blended families on how to effectively use the Nacho Kids method to save their marriage and their sanity. And the Nacho Kids method is a proven system for dynamic disengagement and re-engagement for blended families. And Lori gives credit to Nacho Kids for saving her, saving her marriage, helping her bond with her stepkids and helping her deal with other challenging areas of her life as well. So we're super excited to have her. Thank you so much for being here, Lori. Thank you for having me. Lori and I had such a fun conversation. We were talking about this project and I could talk to her for hours, but we're going to limit it for half an hour for today. (laughs) Um, So Lori, let's just hear to start out with where you came up with the name Nacho Kids. Where does that come from? Uh, after struggling with the blended family, we went to a counselor and we were actually on the verge of divorce. So this was a make or break kind of meeting with the counselor. Fortunately, the counselor knew me from previous meetings. I had used him in the past. And so he was able to understand my personality. So he wasn't you know, holding back or anything. And throughout the meeting, he kept telling me, they're not your kids. 
And I'm like, well, duh, I know that, you know, I know how many children I've given birth to, you know, but at the same time, it hurt my feelings because I did care about them and I didn't want them to grow up and be, you know, useless or struggle in life. You know, you want the best for people. And so I would say, well, you know, I just want them to brush your teeth. They're not your kids. And I'd say, well, you know, when they don't do their homework and he'd say, they're not your kids. And I was like, okay, fine. And I actually told him, I said, did you fall off your bike and hit your head? Because I'm thinking this man's crazy, you know, and keep in mind that David and I prepared for this blended family. We read books, we talked to people, we did questionnaires. So we didn't go into this blindsided by, you know, what to expect. And so anyway, he kept telling me they're not your kids. And when we left, I was going, they're not your kids, not your kids. And I was kind of making fun of him, you know, and then all of a sudden it hit me. It was like, you know, a beam of light came down from heaven and was like, you are creating these problems for yourself. You can't expect more out of the kids than their own parents do. You know, they're going to get mad at you. You're going to get mad at them for not listening. The husband's going to get mad because they're fussing and you're fussing. And it's just a vicious cycle of anger. And so we jokingly called it nacho kids. And anytime I would go to say something, they would go, they're nacho kids. And so, you know, it kind of enlightened the struggle that we were going through a little bit too. Um, you have to have fun regardless of your struggle. You have to laugh and you have to find humor in things because if you don't, you won't make it. And that's just life in general, in my opinion, you know, but also I'm the kind of person, unfortunately, that I'll make a joke at a funeral. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you got to find the balance in there. Yeah, yeah, I got to find the balance. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's where great. it came from. Yeah, I love hearing your attitude and your approach to it. It's so refreshing. Like, I just love how you're, um, you're so positive about it. And it's not that you don't love those kids or you didn't love those kids. And you guys worked so hard. And so often, stepmoms come into situations like that. And they haven't done all that work on their expectations. And they haven't done all that work on making it work. And they, you know, so they're also super overwhelmed. So yeah, I love it. And so tell us why is it so controversial? Like, I know that people have heard of it. It's out there. And some people think it's like horrible and they have all these judgments about it. So tell us why it's so controversial. Yeah, it's almost kind of taboo in a lot of um, things. I've been kicked out of, I don't know how many Facebook groups, you know, I've received hate mail, you know, it's kind of crazy. But I think it's because it doesn't fit the societally defined definition of a stepmom. Mm. You know, back in the day, years and years ago, when a couple split up, usually they didn't have the visitation. They didn't have the stepmom role. It was more of that parent adopted these children. You know, I'm talking like back in the 60s, you know, things. So over the years, women in general are expected to care for the kids cook for the kids, clean the house and things of that nature. So when you step back and you say, look, those are your kids. You need to clean up after them. Then it's, whoa, wait a minute. You don't fit the better homes and gardens issue of 1940s. And, you know, and then people automatically assume that you don't love the kids. And that is not the case at all. And they just think that you're taking the easy way out. Believe me, it is not easy to disengage. Right. This mouth does not like to stay shut. And that was my hardest thing was to keep my mouth shut. And, but it helped me in so many ways that I've actually implemented Nacho with other things. You know, if 
I'm at work and I'm sitting in a meeting or something and they bring up something. I'm like, oh, do I really want to say anything? Are they really going to listen to me? Is it worth the fight? And then usually when I go through my five questions, I'm like, I'm done. It's not worth it. I'm nachoing that. And so, I, you know, I laugh about that because, you know, I tell my husband, I nacho Walmart. I hate Walmart, you know? So it's just one of those things where people um, are so judgmental and it's sad because stepmoms are already going through so much and the last thing they need is somebody telling them no you're doing it wrong or how dare you not take care of their kids and love them like they're your own and what they don't realize is most of these kids and most of the families even if the bio mom is not present all the time you're still not their mom and it's okay that you're not their mom legally you are not their mom biologically you are not their mom so why is it so important to pretend to be their mom? You yeah. know, you can love them and care for them and mentor them and be a good role model for them without parenting them. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that it can actually be more loving to detach than if you're super involved and attached and engaged and acting like a parent and frustrated and mad and resentful and angry all the time. Right? Like that's not, Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. You know, um, I've said it before that like the kids slurping spaghetti. <clears throat> I will not eat spaghetti with these kids <laughs> because, you know, why do I want to put myself through that? I'll get angry. And here we go with that vicious cycle again. You have to figure out how to break the cycle. So, you know, they just eat before I do, or I eat before them. It's no big deal. It's not the end of the world to not have family dinners. You know, um, you have to look at things as which hill you're ready to die on sometimes, you know, yeah. and, by stepping back and being more of the cool aunt is kind of what we, I used to say is a treat them as a friend's kids, yeah. but it seems to be more of a cool aunt because you are there and you are able to give them advice. You're just not nagging them and parenting them. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of um, people think that they should go straight into the stepmom role as being a parent. Right. And for some people that may work and kudos to them, you know, because they, they jumped those hurdles already. Right. And whereas in my case, they had me telling them what to do, their mom telling them what to do, their dad telling them what to do, grandma telling them what to do. And it was just horrible. And they did not look at me telling them to brush their teeth as I cared about them. It was, I was taking control and you know, they didn't have a bond with me for me to be able to take that control. Right. And after I've built this bond with them over the years, um, you know, they're 17 now, the triplets are 17. And so I am closer to them. You know, I can be like, dude, you need to watch it with that girl, you know, and they don't look at it as me being a parent as much as me being a friend and giving good advice. Yeah. And I think it can especially be hard when people want to control things. Like I know me as a stepmom, I've had, I've struggled with that. Like I've wanted to control everything that my stepson does and I want to control how he turns out and I want to control, right. How he eats and how he sleeps. And like, it's like maddening, right? Like I can't do yeah. that. There's too many other players in the field, like telling him what to do and wanting, and, and they have more right than I do over what he can and can't do. And also they're responsible for, and ultimately they're responsible for how he turns out in the end, right? So exactly. They're the ones that are making the choices of how he's being raised. And if I'm like fighting, you know, a river is flowing in a certain direction, I'm swimming upstream. It's like, I'm just going to be super stressed out all the time. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, I know, the stress is, you know, for every step family, everybody's struggling. And that's what we have to remember too, is the dads, 
they they feel like they're torn between their wife and their kids. So what do you do? They don't know what to do any more than we do, you know, and I, back to the controlling thing, I'm a very controlling person. And one thing I've realized with women and men too, well, most men, we're not going to group everybody together is um, we're quick. You know, if the kids do something wrong within a millisecond, we're on it. Right. Well, whereas men, they take 30 seconds to answer the question if they want tea or Coke to drink. Right. <laughs> so you've got to give them that time to be that parent and you've got to step back. And the things that we fight about having control over, we don't have control over. And it's funny because I say that, but then at the same time, what you do have control over is your reaction to things and the message that you're sending. So I might not can control what these kids do at their bio mom's house, but I can control whether I let it affect my day, which in turn affects my child and affects my husband and affects everybody at work. Because, you know, if you've got a bad attitude, it carries everywhere, you know, so you have to realize it's almost a mind game of I'm not in control of them, but I'm in control of me, which makes me in control. <laughs> and that makes totally. sense. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm under the illusion. Even, even I think when a bio mom is taking all the child support and the mom and the stepmom's like, I feel so powerless. I feel so powerless. I like, I like to tell them like, you actually have more power than you think. Like I know it feels powerless, but you do have power over your domain, over how you react and how you respond and how you take care of yourself and how you treat other people around you, right? So you do, I think you're absolutely right that you have so much more power than you think, that sometimes it feels or you can think that you have. Right, and you wanna avoid energy suckers or time wasters or you know, whatever you wanna call it. You know, A lot of times I'll come in and the dishes won't be done. Well, I can spend 35 minutes being mad. I mean, girl, I can get mad about those dishes. It's about like the, the cereal box, the cereal box old work. <laughs> but, you can say, okay, you know what? I'm going to throw this, this empty cereal box away and be done with it. Or I'm going to stew over it for 25 minutes. And again, ruin your day, you know, take your focus off things that make you happy. And you have to not let these things steal your joy. Mm, yeah, that's such a good point. So can you nacho? I love how you use the word nacho as a verb, right? You can, yeah. <laughs> we're going to nacho this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that actually started in the group, you know, um, it's funny how people have started picking up the terminology, but you know, I'll see in other groups, it's like, I'm nachoing now, or, you know, <laughs> how do you nacho this, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's really kind of cute to, yeah. to me, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I've seen your advice too. Someone posed a big long problem and you're like, just nacho them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I hate to say it, but a lot of times they can post, you know, 20 things and you just right. want to go just nacho it. Just nacho it. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like the, do. yeah. Like the counselor was with me that day, you know, that's all he kept saying. And, you know, I've, I've talked to ladies and, you know, if it's hard to do, we know it's hard to do, right. but if you can do it, it's empowering and yeah. it's so liberating. You're not carrying the weight of the world on your so shoulders, you know, and yeah. um, it's, it can just be liberating in so many ways. And even if you don't do it perfectly all the time, like I think it's kind of a path, right? So it's like you got to, sometimes you might mess up and you might forget that you're not showing and you start oh, to yeah. try to control again. And then you got to like realign yourself and get back on the nacho train, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the nacho train, yeah. It's kind of fluid too, you know, um, especially the longer you do it, there may be one kid you have to nacho and one kid you don't, mm -hmm. depending on the day depending on the week, depending on what's going on in their life. Yeah. You know, 
they're kids and they have attitudes and they're going through the hormonal stuff that kids go through. And so it's hard. And so when you decide to nacho, you know, it has to be what suits you. It's not a black and white for everybody. Um, some people enjoy taking the stepkids to school. Well, don't nacho that. You enjoy that. Right. That's your alone time with them and your bonding time. But if it drives you crazy and you're cussing at them by the end time they get in the car or whatever, you need to nacho that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I almost had to nacho church because they would drive me crazy in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to figure out what your triggers are yeah. and then eliminate those triggers. And if that means removing yourself from the situation, then that's what you have to do. Yeah, I love your example of you don't eat spaghetti with them. Like, I don't go to a restaurant with my stepson and my son because it will drive me absolutely insane. So that's not something, unless there's a play place and there's somewhere for them to play, I'm not going to participate in that. Like, we, you know, there's lots of other things we can do that are fun. And that particular scenario is too much for me. So, right. yeah, I think you're right. It's like all about figuring out what works for you and what doesn't and then removing yourself. And then also, I love your point of like, you can not do one kid and not another because depending on, I think, like your connection with each of them in a given moment, like you can't expect to discipline a kid that you're not super connected with, which you kind of said at the beginning, like that's for step parents, especially the most important thing is that they're connected first and foremost in a friendly way where there's like mutual feelings of respect and love and connection before you start to try to like be a parent figure or, or do any discipline. Right. You have to set that foundation. Right. Definitely, which with your biological kid, it's there automatically in a much more, I mean, I think you still have to work at it with a biological kid, but you, but there's, it's more, it's there a little bit more easily. You spend all that time, you know, they're in your womb for nine months and you know what I mean? Like you're just with them so much more to have that connection be so much stronger. So and they, and they yeah. know no matter what you do or they do, you will be there. Whereas they've seen right. step, stepmom move in. Well, guess what? That means stepmom can leave. So they're kind of weary of building relationships. Then they've got the bio mom or the bio dad going, I don't want you to love them. They're not your mom. And, you know, things like that. So, I mean, there are so many factors that we just have to take into consideration when we're doing this. And one thing that I wish everybody could do, um, once David and I decided the nacho, we were going to do the nacho thing, we're like, okay, divorce is off the table. We're going to make this work. Yeah. We are going to make this work. You can't try to make a relationship work when every two sentences are, well, maybe we should get divorced yeah. or, well, you know, we didn't think this through. No, you make it work because yeah. guess what? You get divorced. The likelihood of you ending up in a relationship with somebody else that has kids is very high. So yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. yeah. Make it, make it work with the one you're with and trying to move to the greener pastures where the poop's just somewhere else. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I always say water, uh, the grass is green where you water it. So like decide, yeah. and I tell people to like, choose the whole thing. Like when you commit, you choose the ex, you choose the stepkids, you choose the entire package, your partner's quirks. You know what I mean? Like you're not just committing to like one little portion that you like, you're, you're committing to right. Higher situation so that's really empowering too to be like I'm choosing this willingly in this like and commitment is a verb too right like we have to actively commit just like we have to actively not to just like I think love is a verb too right where we're we're like constantly in the process of committing in every moment no matter how hard things get like well I'm committed I'm here and you're so right like if you're one foot in one foot out forget about it it's not gonna work right right you're wasting your time and everybody else's you might as well just leave right you know, if, if you're not just I'm going to go down with this ship kind of <laughs> mentality, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
So can you nacho one step kid and, and the, oh, I'm sorry, we already talked about that a little bit, like the one, one step kid and not the other, but explain to us a little bit more about that. Like, how do you, how would you do that? What would that look like to nacho one step kid and not another? You know, a lot of people, this kind of goes back to the discussion too of what people think poorly of nacho kids. <clears throat> if I grew up with two sisters, we were not treated the same. So, you know, people will go, well, you have to treat them fairly. Why? They're different. Everybody's attitude is different. I remember my sister made a C on her report card and it's, you know, praises to the highest heavens. I make my first B like in the ninth grade and I'm on restriction for two months. So you treat the children based off of who they are and what works for them. You know, the same type of discipline doesn't work for every child. You know, some kids won't care if you take their iPhone away or whatever. They would be more upset if you took a book away. And so with our kids, I found that it's okay to shift the nacho between the kids. You know, I might actually go a week and not nacho any of them. It just, you know, again, depends on what's going on. And the other day I came in and one of them had left something on the table. So I said, you know what? I don't know who it was. I'm nachoing everybody. Yeah. So, you know, but then you've got, again, you know, if one of them had a bad day at school or whatever, you just have to respect that and go, you know what? I'm not going to, you know, pick on him today or I'm not going to, you know, um, ask him anything today because I have re-engaged and it's slow. It's still slow. Um, but I still back up a lot of times, you know, because I know me making a comment about one of them speeding because of life 360, you know, it tells you everything. Then it does no good because David's not going to say anything to him. David's philosophy is when he gets a ticket, he'll understand. Well, my philosophy is if he gets a ticket, I'm going to flip out because my insurance is going up for three years. So, you know, I have to try to nacho that. Mm -hmm. And with the other one, he doesn't speed. So I don't have to nacho that. Right, right. You know? And then the other one, he just got his driver's license. And um, I don't think we'll have to worry about him speeding at all, you know. But at the same time, I would probably have to nacho him when it comes to him being late mm -hmm. because he's going to be late, you know. So I might have to adjust the nachoing for that. And mm -hmm you know, it's one of those things too, where you bond differently with kids. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the kids I can sit down and have a two hour conversation with about mm -hmm. life and stocks and, you know, just anything under the sun. And we have great conversations. One of the other ones, we just pick on each other constantly. There's very hard, rarely any serious conversations with us, you know, so you build those relationships and you nacho what you have to with those individual kids. You know, one of them might not have hygiene issues and one of them does. So you can't just go, oh, I'm just going to nacho the one that doesn't have hygiene issues because you're not nachoing anything. Right, right, right. Yeah. That makes so much sense. So each kid has their own issues and you also have your own, like, I think we also, some moms have the, have different things that bother us about different kids, right? So based on the personality <laughs> type and the personality fit, it's like something might bother us about one kid that doesn't bother us about another kid or whatever. So we have to like work all that out. And I like what you said too about the, your husband takes the lead. So if he's not going to be the one to um, implement a consequence for your stepson speeding, you're not going to take that lead in that role. You're going to step back and let him be the guiding person for that, uh, for that issue. I have to. That's his yeah. job. Yep. You know, it's no different than where I work. I don't go into the CEO's office and say, look, I think that you should do this. <laughs> you know, you, um, we had actually talked in another interview with somebody else about um, staying in your lane. Yeah. 
you know, you, you have to stay in your lane and it's not a disrespect thing to these stepmoms. Mm -hmm. And just like Nacho is not disrespectful to the kids. Mm -hmm. You don't ignore them. You don't neglect them. You just step back and don't parent them. Yeah. You know, if one of those kids came in here right now and said, Hey, you know, I need you to do this for me. I would more than likely say, okay, right. because they came and asked, right, right. but for them to appreciate me, I had to nacho and I had to full on nacho. I mean, I probably didn't talk to him for a month yeah. other than ask your dad, ask your right. dad. Right. Yeah. You know, but, because they took advantage of it. And people do that without even realizing it. Right. Um, you know, that saying, you don't know what you, till it, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Mm -hmm. That applies to everything. You know, my husband might start my car every morning. God love him. He doesn't. But if he did, then once he stopped is when I would notice it. Mm, not okay. when he's doing it. Yeah. Right. So the stuff can start coming towards you once you start backing off. They're like, exactly. where is she? Where is he with her rules and her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, what would Lori say? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, and so how about stay at home moms? Uh, there's probably some stay at home stay moms watching that are like, what am I supposed to do? Like I'm forced to pick up the kids from school because the dad's not home. And on our days I have to cook them dinner and I have to do all the things for them. And so what do you tell those stay moms? Well, first of all, um, we suggest this with any of the blended families. You need house rules. You know, the rules in the house may be no running, um, pick up your clothes, don't leave dirty dishes on the table, whatever your house rules are. And those rules need to be agreed upon between you and your spouse or significant other. And once they're agreed upon, then the bio parent sits down with their child and says, these are the house rules. They don't say these are my rules. They don't say these are Lori's rules. They say these are the house rules and these are the consequences for breaking those rules. So with the stay at home moms, what they can do is say, okay, say little Johnny left his dirty dishes on the table. Then, you know, when little, she sees the dishes, she can go little Johnny, you know, you broke a house rule. And your dad told me that when the house rule was broken, that I'm to take your phone away for an hour yeah. or you turn it back on the dad yeah. It's, yeah. or the bio parent. It's, you know, I think we say dad because it's more step moms that are right. in these things. But, um, you know, you turn it back more on them and, you know, people say, well, I don't want to wait till my husband gets home for the child to get their discipline. Well, guess what? When he gets home, he might not discipline them anyway. Right. You know, but that's his choice and his prerogative. In the beginning, you could actually text dad and go, hey, little Johnny's doing this. When you call to check on him tonight or during the day, you know, you may want to ask him if he did his dishes. You know, that way it's not... Lori told me you didn't do your dishes. It's, I'm just checking on you. Did you do what you were supposed to? Yeah. And they also have to know that the bio parent and the step parent are going to communicate about this. And so, you know, it could even be where you tell the kid, your dad's going to ask me and I'm not going to lie. Right. So you might want to pick this up because I don't want to see you get in trouble. Yeah. You know, you just have to change the dynamics of it. Um, I had a counselor one time that I was talking to, not as a counselor, but I was just talking to her and um, I was having issues with my son's father, which, you know, that hasn't changed. But regardless, she told me when I contacted him not to use the word you. I'm yeah. like, okay, that's harder than you think. Yeah, it is hard. But the impact yeah. it is awesome yeah. because anytime you say you, it just automatically people get defensive. Right. It's like, you know, yeah. And that's like, I can't send somebody to go, well, Lori, 
or, you know, whatever. Don't say my name. I know my name, <laughs> you know, but when they add that to it, it's just automatically, I'm like, what, you know, yeah, yeah. Who be talking to me like that. You know, you just get defensive. So if you take that out of it, then the, you know, the less chance there is for the anger and the resentment and the hostility. Yeah. That's such a good point. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so where can people find you and what are you offering our audience today? Can you share about that? Yeah, um, we are actually, we used to be www.nachokids.org, but we recently purchased the .com site. So we are at nachokids.com. We've got a new website. It has the links to blogs, resources, um, the Facebook group. We also started a forum on the website for uh, anonymity purposes. Um, that way nobody knows who you are and you don't have to worry about somebody, you know, getting into your personal information and our free offer is a link to the top 10 things of Nacho. Nice. And Lori, I love it because people read about Nacho or they see it and seeing you talk about it and hearing your personality and seeing just how like positive you are and how loving you are. It's clear that it's not this like, you know, mean old cranky stepmom being like, just nacho those kids, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. really nice to hear and see you talk about it face to face. I really, I think that that will be very appreciated by our audience. Thank you yeah. so much for being it, here. People can take things to extremes and you know that, you know, I had one lady that was in the group and she's like, well, I'm cutting the power off because the kids, whatever. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We do not condone that. <laughs> you know, you're just mean. You just need to go somewhere else because I mean, you got to be realistic. And right. one thing too, that we've learned, and um, I think it's very important for people to learn is you've got to lower your expectations. You've got to lower your expectations of your husband as his parenting roles, you've got to lower your expectations of these kids and lower the expectations of yourself. You're not superwoman. Yeah. You know, even stay at home moms. I don't know how they do it. I have to have a break, you, you know, so the stay at home moms, you are just you, kudos, you know, give yourself a pat on the shoulder every day. <laughs> and that's something else we say is um, every day that you survive the blend, you should celebrate because 65% of people don't. Yeah, I love that. And two, it sounds like you've gotten a lot of support around along the way. You've had counsel, you've mentioned a few counselors. So you've had a lot of, you and your husband have had support along the way of preparing and then figuring this stuff out. Is well, that true? In the beginning, like I said, we read a lot of books and did a lot of research and we didn't, we actually saw the counselor that I spoke of with the nacho kids, the one that kept saying they're not your kids. We met with him before we got married, you know, to get his input and he knew we would be back. He knew it. <laughs> you know, I asked him when we went back, I said, you knew we were coming back, didn't you? He's like, yeah, I knew. So, you know, <laughs> he knew this was going to happen because you can't prepare for it, it's, yeah. you know, until you live it. And actually, after we met with him that one time with Nacho Kids, I called him one time and asked him a question. His response was, they are not your kids. And I have not, we have not went back to see him, but I have talked to him and t I thanked him for Nacho Kids, you know, and told him how well <laughs> we're doing. But, um, you know, the other counselor I spoke of was just actually somebody I knew. And I was like, you know, the communication's bad. What can we do to fix that? And, you know, that's another part of it. You've got to communicate with your husband and not be, um, I say this all the time, do not say anything to those kids or about those stepkids unless it's praises to the highest heavens. Mm. Because no matter what you say, the parent is going to get defensive. 
Yeah, that's such a good point. I just had someone talking recently. Anytime I say anything about the stepkids, they get defensive. And it's like, yeah, of course. they're defensive. They're your kids. Like, there's this huge pull. Like, you're going to defend your kids. You should defend your kids, right? Yeah. Like, that's your job. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. friend of mine, she was in a relationship that, with a guy that had kids. And she said, um, what, I can't say anything? And I said, right. You can't say anything until you figure out how to bond with these kids and how to make it flow, then you cannot say anything. Yeah. You know, even if it's pick up your shoes, that could just start World War Three sometimes, you yeah. know, yeah. because you didn't tell your kid to pick up your shoes, but you're telling my kid to pick up his yeah. shoes. And, you know, it's just, sometimes it's best just to be invisible almost, you know, and just do what you have to do and then figure out a way that what works. And, you know, yeah. guess what? It might not work the first time it right. might not work the second time, but you'll figure out what works for you. Yeah. And that's, what's important. And it's also important to not judge other people and to have the support. And thankfully my support was more my husband. Right. You know? we're really on the same team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so that, that, I mean, that's what I think really helped us, Yeah. you know, and um, a lot of times when you look for support, you end up getting more negativity you know, in Facebook groups and things like that, you get the people bashing you for what you're doing or how you're not doing it the right way, but you also read a lot of other people's problems. And so then it triggers things in you of like, well, yeah, they do that to me too. And it makes me mad. Right. So you have to be careful to make sure that you're around positive people that are going to really help you. And I'm not saying that they're going to tell you everything you want to hear, right. but they're going to tell you what you need to hear because the right people care and that's what you're looking for is somebody that truly cares enough to make your help you make your relationship work and figure out what could work for you. Yeah, that's such a good point. And it really sheds light too on like everyone's situation is so different, but there's always solutions if you're willing to get creative. Sometimes you have to think outside the box about yes. those solutions, right? And like sometimes it's not super obvious what you can do, but if you talk through it and you find that support, whether it's your husband or your partner or someone else, then you will figure out there where there's a will, there's a way, I truly believe. And you can figure out a way to keep your sanity and be more loving if you're finding yourself stressed and, and getting resentful and, and you want to try out this nacho method. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And one thing that I've found in life in general, if you think your life's worst or horrible, go find somebody else because I promise you there's somebody that is going through a whole lot more than you are right now. <laughs> you may feel like you hate your husband. You may feel like you hate your kids, but you know what? Somebody's kid just died. And you have to put things in perspective and say, you know what, this is what I'm having to deal with right now. We're going to figure out a way to get through it and get past it and do what's best for everybody. Yeah. You know, not showing not only helped me, but it helped my husband and it helped our relationship and it helped my son. And it, because I wasn't angry at the stepkids all the time. So I was more loving toward my son. Right. You know, and then of course, like I said, the bond with the stepkids was awesome. You know, it's become awesome over time. And even the in-laws. We get along better, but you know, one thing I had to do was not show the in-laws. <laughs> hey, they would try to get me to talk about the kids and I'm like, whoa, 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 no, no, I am not jumping in that hole with you because no matter what I said, it would get turned around that I was saying something negative about those kids. Yeah. So we've learned a lot, you know, and <laughs> we wanted to share everything with everybody because we do want people to not have to struggle like we did and to realize, you know, just because it's not working the way that you think it should, that's okay. There's other ways that you can do this and 
you know, again, you figure out what works for you. It's not a step one, this nacho, step two, this, you know, there are steps and there are things that you have to remember, but you just have to tailor it to fit your needs. Mm -hmm. And to lower expectations, I'll just make one point on that, is not to lower your standards. It's to keep your standards high for yourself, but lower your expectations of yourself and the people around you. I think that's like a subtle difference. People think, oh, but I have certain standards that I have to live into or the people around me have to live into. And like, yes, it's okay to have standards and to shoot for those. But if you expect them to be met all the time, you're going to end up disappointed and feeling like a failure, right? So it's like, yeah. keep those standards high, of course. Like we all want to maintain health and well-being and certain standards, right? And there's ways to do that without uh, being mad all the time when people don't live up to them right so right yeah. yeah don't set yourself up for disappointment right find the good in everything yeah you know and then just do what works you know because if you're happy the, those around you are going to be happy you know the old yeah. saying if mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy <laughs> well if stepmama ain't happy surely <laughs> nobody's happy <laughs> That's right. happy stepmom happy house right that's it hey we could do a vlog <laughs> on that <laughs> great okay Lori. well thank you so much and thank you, i will talk to you soon bye great. everybody see you next bye, -bye. Time. thanks Hello everyone, Natalie here. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. I hope it's inspired you to use your challenges for growth and I'm so glad you've gotten to listen and I also hope it helps you realize that you're not alone or crazy. It is a very challenging role to be in a step parenting position. Um, so I wanted to be sure to invite you to my free Stepmom Strong Facebook community. It's a group of stepmoms who are also in a growth-oriented mindset. The women in there are amazing supports to each other, so make sure you check it out. You can head to www.facebook.com slash groups slash stepmomstrong and be sure to answer the entry questions when you request to join. Otherwise, you will not be let in. So seriously, be sure to answer those so I can let you in. I'd love to have you join us. Um, again, it's a great group. So I hope you'll come find us on Facebook slash groups slash stepmomstrong. No spaces or underscores or anything. All right. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to seeing you in there. Bye.